Welcome to Bloody Mary, a podcast about horror movies and what they mean to us. Tonight, I'm super excited to have on the podcast Denver's very own fantastic comedian, Katie Bowman. Hey, Katie, how are you? Hello, I'm doing well. We have It's like a rainy day, so it's perfect for your podcast. Ooh, that is. Well, Katie, I kind of gave you uh, a little intro already, but why don't you tell the people who you are and what you do? Um, I am, sorry, Diego's like right next to the where the microphone is okay oh yeah and please introduce <laughs> Diego as well oh yeah Diego's with me he's my dog um he writes all my jokes I'm a stand-up comedian and an artist <laughs> he actually does paint a lot of the paintings too um and um I also have a horror film podcast which is exciting that I feel like we met at like this like perfect time but anyway I was listening to your podcast and it's very fun and I'm just excited to be here Thank you. I had a very good time doing your podcast as well. Yes, I loved the little clip that I got. I hope it. I was like, I, I hope, I, I thought that was like the cutest thing from like, for like a clip. And I was like, I hope she like. You were like, I'm such a dork, and I was like, it's okay. It's so funny. <laughs> um, yes, but um, yeah, no. And um, how are you doing? How's your day? I'm good. Um, so given that you have a podcast about horror movies, I feel like I kind of know the answer to this question, but uh, how do you feel about horror overall? What's your relationship with the genre? Oh, man, it's that's why I have the podcast so that I can get used to watching it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I that. hate it. <laughs> I think that actually would be a really interesting because it's funny having JD there because he hates them and I didn't plan that. It just like, I think he just said yes and then was like, fuck this is gonna be hard for me and then and, and then it ended up adding like this like nice layer but I think that would be like a really funny <laughs> podcast is just somebody trying to get into horror films but you know I love them mm-hmm. um I feel like they are like an amazing way to displace anything else going on in your life too but also just fun and creative and yeah nice <laughs> So what is the first horror movie you remember seeing? Okay, I was thinking about this all day and I was like, should I text my mom? And then I was like, well, that's going to lock us into like a really long conversation that I don't have time for today. (laughs) Um, I'm totally kidding. But (laughs) whenever I talk to my mom on the phone, it'll be like two hours. And I'm like, okay, I have to go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Where does your mom Um, live? She's in Texas. So we were like born in Philly, raised in Texas. Um, I think the first horror film that I saw, I'm trying to think way back as a child, because I watched like things like Beetlejuice and um, like all the spooky like comedy films, but I'm trying to think of the first like actual horror. I want to say it was Jaws. Like it actually was Jaws. Oh, <laughs> well that feels so special then. Jaws is the Katie and I talked about on her podcast that I picked. I know. <laughs> now it's like full circle. Yeah, I have a bad memory, but I ha- I do have memories of um I have memories of like waking up and having night terrors because of Jaws. Oh man. And that's like the earliest me- like night terror memories that I have is Jaws memories. Uh, so I think I'm like, it has to be Jaws. But yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go with Jaws. Definitely made an impact. How was uh, your relationship to the beach after that? 
Okay, here's the thing. I loved the beach, but also like so scared, you know, mm-hmm. and even thinking things were going to come out of pools. Like, you know, did you think that as a kid? Like the, oh, yeah. I've seen memes, so I know I'm not alone. <laughs> but there's like, like, I think that and are you afraid of du- of the dark? Like really messed with my relationship with water, but I'm a cancer, you know, you know, oh, that me too. too. Yeah. So like, of course I love the water. I'm just like, you know, there's a respect there. I love the water. I love eating my feelings. (laughs) Me too, dude. (laughs) I always have to have a pizza, like a frozen pizza and a pint of ice cream in my fridge at all times. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, that's probably getting devoured while watching a horror film, eating the feelings, (laughs) displacing with a some kind of trauma (laughs) answer (laughs) yeah Yeah, so for us to talk about tonight katie has chosen the 1982 classic by john carpenter the thing which i'm pretty sure everyone listening to this podcast is familiar with but those of you who are not we do go full spoiler so go hurry up and watch it transport yourself back to 1982 and come back um, to hear us talk about the story of a ragtag group of scientists who are living in the Arctic who make a troublesome discovery and fall. Uh, oh, man, they all get assimilated. And that's yeah. that story. Um, so, Katie, what made you pick The Thing? Okay, The Thing is like one of, I think it is one of my top dare I say top five I really have a hard time picking a favorite mm-hmm. horror film you know because I feel like there's one for all the moods oh yeah well and also <laughs> like, you have to go by specific genre of horror like are we talking yeah. home invasion body horror like what are we talking? yeah I think I definitely love body horror the most just because it's I think it frightens me the most too just like why I don't know like I like pimple popper videos always kind of freak me uh, out my like feed for social media and like all the suggested videos lately are all like really pregnant women and pimple popping videos yeah I have a lot of that too what's going on what is this maybe the thing is coming it's like a parasitic relationship going on oh no Um, (laughs) dude no I get that too and I keep going no Facebook take that out of there like what are you doing Nothing and then it still fun. sends me so many of those. Oh, it's the worst. I like I don't those like actually scare me and they actually make me think of my mortality. <laughs> Cuz it's pus. Like it's just like you just generate pus. It's yeah. so bad. Um but anyway. Yeah, I think body horror like scares me. Like it actually scares me. Cuz there is that you're like talking about the genres of horror like I feel like what scares you versus what's like entertaining to watch in horror can be two different things, you know. But I would say that 1982 thing is like pretty scary, uh, even though it's like so campy, which I love campy stuff, mm-hmm. but also like the story. I love the story too because, um, I love watching a bunch of men just get their ass beat. <laughs> I did have that thought in watching this film. I was like, there's so many men in this. I know. I know. It's like watching an episode of Super Jail. They're just all dead by the end. And you're just like, like, how will there be more? No, I'm just kidding. How are they going to do a sequel? Yeah. Um, No, but I also, 
Um, I think sci-fi like mixed with horror freaks me out a lot too because it feels more tangible as yeah. well. There's so many reasons to pick the thing. Also, Kurt Russell, can you? That is such a hot protagonist. And, Ch- and Keith, um, oh gosh, is it Keith David? What's his last name? Oh, I'm Dude, terrible he, at actors' names. Um, I'm terrible at them too. The only reason I had to like crush my mind is because we just watched it. And Brad pointed out that he, it, the guy who plays Childs, Keith, his first name's Keith, and I'm just forget. I'm pretty sure it's Keith David, but let me look it up. But he is the dad in Nope. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's Keith David. I need to stop second guessing myself. Yeah, just be confident in your power. Yeah, just be confident. That's what everyone says. But yeah, like um, both of them, just like their little feud between, not feud, but like, it's like almost like they were the only ones that trusted each other in the whole time. And then they lose trust in each other because they all mm-hmm. just kind of start going crazy. Um, but I love, yeah, both really hot. Would have been cool to see some hot ladies in that one. But still, for a 1982 film, I feel like it's pretty fun. Yeah. And Kurt and also hat is uh, just outstanding. I couldn't get I know. that hat. I kept trying to take like little pictures of it to send to you. but it was like... <laughs> I was thinking of sending, oh, that's so funny. I was thinking of sending you everything too. And then I was like, I think I watched it a little bit later than you did. And you're an hour ahead of me, right? So yeah. I was like, oh, I don't want to like blow up the phone right now. But oh, um... I know that. I love <laughs> that we were like psychically linked. <laughs> We're like, should we hit each other up? Um, but I also love the J and B and PBR com- or no course light combo that was going on throughout the whole film. Like, just I'm like, is he blacked out? Like this whole film? Like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that he's not even like. How is he thinking so straightly? You just see him like the bottle's empty, by like the bottle's still going, but he's drinking out of the same bottle throughout the whole film. Um, and that's really hilarious to me but um yeah his whole and there's like some really good lines in there like at the end he's like yeah and fuck you too (laughs) (laughs) it does sound like the line coming from a blackout drunk like out of nowhere (laughs) (laughs) that's the only way he would have done all the things he did because i mean i'd be terrified i don't know what i would do you feel like you would just like shut down well, you know, I do like to think that I am a relentless optimist. So Me too. <laughs> I, I think I would probably still be trying to come up with like a plan, even as I'm like, oh, wow, that's certainly coming out of my skin. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think I would try to as well, but I'd also like kind of be like, like just I would I would have some breakdowns. Maybe I would just black out and try to face it the whole time. I was going to look up that other guy just because I also had something to say about this rewatching it again um the guy who plays I'm looking for him one sec oh the dog's name was Jet oh wait I think they're like starting to add like more people from the new one in this okay I'm pretty sure it's Palmer right but he was, I was like, this is like the, this is the factory settings on what um, Eddie from Stranger Things is like totally inspired from. 
Oh, does he wear a denim vest as well? Yeah. Oh, okay. He like a <laughs> denim vest. And hunger, except he's got like long hair and stranger things. But I was like, this is so funny because you're seeing, I think this is the first time since I've been like having the horror film podcast as well. Like you start learning more about actors, even though I still suck at it. But you're like seeing them get all recycled in other horror films, which is fun. And hmm. it's fun that you like, if you're in like a good one, it seems like you just kind of get to do these horror film cameos as you go on, you know. One can dream. Yeah, <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like the theme of assimilation is pretty strong in this movie. What do you think assimilation represents or what does it represent to you? <clears throat> so assimilation means like, like, I'm thinking of like putting something together. Is that the right definition that you're <laughs> referring to? Kind of like how the alien was like, infiltrating people's bodies and like becoming them okay let me just look up the definition (laughs) the simulate i think i don't maybe i'm just like thinking of the wrong okay okay yeah okay you know what i think i was just thinking of um assembly (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) but that's just me messing up words so yes a simulation dude i well, I've always been a fan of ideas like this too. Like I loved Invasion of the Body Snatchers and I feel like the meaning of it is that we're all, like I feel like the symbolism behind it too is just kind of like you're all going to be forgotten or like trying to hold on to like people hold, I feel like they're all trying to still make it out and so many of them were already like we're doomed, we should quarantine but then they're still holding on to this like someone's got to find us we got to make it out um and then really they all kind of end up understanding that they're like gonna die no matter what um and so I feel like there's this like symbolism of like being like permanence and how nothing's like truly permanent um throughout it and I also feel like plays into just like trusting people and how I don't know I mean that's kind of a bleak message though to be like you can't trust anyone but that's like a huge and we all die (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes so I think that that's part of it is like they all died because they didn't trust anyone like I feel like that moment when he um when Childs is like you're not tying me down and uh McGreedy's like yeah I'm not kidding I like that's when you see the fun that the last bond has been broken and no one is trusting anyone anymore. And it, and it started from such a place of trust. You know, mm-hmm. like they all kept saying like they were friends with each other for so many years and everything. And then suddenly they can't trust anyone. Yeah, it was remarkable how quickly that trust broke down and how quickly violence escalated. Yeah, totally. Um, it's... And it is crazy. There's something to be said about that first scene where, like, they just immediately kill that man who's trying to kill the dog. And how, I mean, I love dogs. That's also why I chose that. <laughs> like, the evil thing is, like, a dog for the first, like, 10 minutes of the film. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like it's interesting that they didn't even try to figure out what was going on before they were just like, let's murder this guy. Why is he shooting this dog? Like they chose the dog over the man. Yeah. I mean, like, I think I, 
would be like, clearly there's something wrong with this dog. If this guy is like trying to shoot at it from a helicopter and is like landing a helicopter <laughs> to like kill it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, was he Norwegian or was he German? Um, I think they were both Norwegians. Okay, yeah. Cause maybe, yeah. you know, there was that language barrier as well. So I feel like maybe yeah. a little bit of arrogance on their part. Like, yeah. Um, this uh, guy screaming about just shoot him, you know? Yeah, totally. I know. I feel like I'd be so skeptical to just shoot a person who's like shooting after a dog. Just because I'm like, what's wrong with it? Like, I just like, what's wrong? With it? Like, animals carry so many diseases. I would be curious to be like, before we just like start hugging the dog. <laughs> yeah, I will admit, uh, this movie totally would have gotten me because I, I would hug that dog. Actually, I, I did. when I was still a drinker one night, I was in Portland and I came home to a friend's house and there was a cat on the front porch and I like picked it up and like rubbed my face on <laughs> yeah. it. And... See, like real me, I would totally do that. But I, I'd yeah. like to think if I was like a scientist. <laughs> And uh, then the next morning I met this cat. He had one eye, all his fur was matted. And uh, oh, no. he, like ran up to me like, hey, I remember you. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. It's like a like one a night stand with a kitty. One night stand. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. Oh, that's sad. I like hope he's, I hope the cat's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that's sure. That's so not. funny. I definitely got down with some dirty animals when I'm drunk. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I smell like that the next day. So I when I was like looking up a bit on this movie, it was interesting how many different theories there are on like what uh, the assimilation means to different people. I saw all kinds of theories from like communism and red baiting to um, gay panic. And uh, it, it was wow. really interesting to see like what everyone thought that this meant. I saw a lot of like covid metaphor in it especially uh when blair was trapped and he's like i'd like to come out please i have a negative test i was like oh. i know <laughs> it's like so sad oh i blair. know um yeah that part with blair i feel like he was like the most noble one too he's like we gotta like all die like <laughs> i mean it's scary but i feel like he wasn't wrong <laughs> he wasn't uh, he did the research he did the math he showed us i know he did the math and then he's like we gotta end it i feel like i would go crazy too yeah it's a lot of responsibility it sucks that he could never just like say it officially you know like he just did the math and i think it made him go crazy I really enjoyed, too, the conversation between the idea of the alien remains and one person wanting to burn it and another being like, no, this will get we'll win a Nobel Prize. Oh, like, yeah. This idea totally. of like the pursuit of knowledge, but also like, you know, fulfilling your own professional reputation and like, yeah, that pride of it, really, as opposed to like sacrificing yourself for humanity. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think. Um, what I love about these like weird sci-fi parasite movies is that's a lot that like need for or a lot of creature features I would say just in general are like we gotta tame the beast and we want to make a like spectacle of it all and 
um it's like never good and it's never good and like i feel like it is political or not political it's like a social thing because it's it reminds me too of like just how we treat like women and <laughs> women that are like literally in the spotlight you know like look at what happened like britney spears and um i'm thinking about like i mean honestly like i don't know what to think about the amber heard johnny depp trials i feel like they both kind of like there's like fucked up shit between both of them <laughs> and I just it sucks that like it is weird to me this is like the, I, I feel like the conspiracy side of me is like coming out right now <laughs> but I think it's crazy that that was going on while all these fucking things were happening to make abortion access harder in America and I it's hard for me not to be like you guys we could have had something during all of that shit yeah, I don't um, fully, I didn't really follow the case, but I don't fully understand why it was a court case. Like, yeah, like that shit happens bizarre. in poverty all the time, Yeah, <laughs> which is also kind of like, uh, yeah, it's like, it's like, they're not, I'm not saying they're both like one of them's an angel or anything. It's just like, you do hear about domestic violence. It's, it's so, um, it's all ego and I hate it and I hate it for that. And one of my friends like argues me on it. He's like, why do you think this is so bad? I'm like, it's toxic <laughs> just because we don't know everything. And then, and I hate how it also affected them as people in their relationships from when they started recording each, it got weird. Like they started like recording each other. I only got like a glimpse of it, but they basically agreed for it to be a public case. And that to me is like some weird level of narcissism. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I'm like, you're both going to be like millionaires still. So like, why are we all even like worried about this? It's so stupid. Um, but yeah, I feel like we do um, try to like any kind of phen phenomenon that's going on. People want to like truly explain it and understand it before anybody else does and like get, they get weird about it. I don't know how I connect to that, but it does. I feel like it does connect to that. Like, um, what's the word? Just the me social media and like how people care about how they're viewed. And there's like this level of narcissism that affects your actual safety. Hmm. I don't know. But yeah, with, um, wait, so tell me about these other, uh, theories <laughs> besides just the one of like you know there's people that are um wanting to keep it I mean the, obviously like they wanted to like be like this is a Nobel Prize but I'm interested with the so the there was like a take about homophobia with it yeah kind of the idea that um well you know it isn't in my essay so I, I don't know if I'm speaking to it correctly um but the idea was that it was written you know during the or made during the height of the AIDS panic. So the idea oh, yeah. of like, you don't know who has what or who is, um, you know, possibly going to give you AIDS and, um, you know, don't drink from people's containers. That's and so true. I never even, that one went right over my head. But I totally can see why people would pull that. From. Or I mean, like, I think that whenever there's um, like a pan, like an epidemic going on and then, the, and or just like any kind of world crisis it does feed into horror films like um plots you know there's a lot of influence in that and even tv shows that are like horror based 
that makes a lot of sense now that you're saying it and I'm like oh that's so sad it's true though like when he's like we start needed to all start eating when uh Fuchs is like we need to start we should all start eating like from separate plates and stuff like that and then I loved when McGreedy just like has his little tape that he's recording just like the last recording he has where he's like no one's getting along no one trusts anyone <laughs> and it's oh like, and then he says I'm so me. tired <laughs> yeah I know relatable I know. <laughs> I know I was like oh come here baby don't no, right. <laughs> but it is so relatable I know god I can't even imagine the hysteria of being there it's I think I have claustrophobia just because I'm starting to realize like I'm starting to notice what makes me anxious in horror films and like small spaces are what I start to get like freaked out and just that whole I don't know what you call it like the grounds that they were like on I was like god this is so shitty like everything's just like a long hallway and then a and then a left or a right and a long hallway so you can't like keep an eye on everyone at all times either yeah so you're trapped in that hallway and then you're trapped by the elements too because you can't yeah. go outside. Yeah. So it's such a uh, terrible, inhospitable environment. Totally. So Katie, if there was a perfect imitation of you, how could people know you were the real you? What is like the one indistinguishable Katie Bowman factor? Um, my, 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 my. I'm dyslexic, so <laughs> obviously if they're speaking perfect English, <laughs> as you can see in this podcast, I'm like getting words. <laughs> um, but okay, let's see. I think just my I'm very giggly and nervous, so I feel like it would like I feel like it when it comes back, it's just quiet. It doesn't talk as much, you know. Oh yeah, and. You kind of see, like, whenever each guy gets killed, they start to have less lines. Did you notice that? Oh, you're right. And so I feel like if if it was, if I started getting quiet, that's when you'd be like, oh, God, something's up. Because <laughs> I'm always talking. That's a good tell. That's a, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I'm not talking, something's wrong. <laughs> Oh, yeah. The other thing that jumped out at me about the, um, you know, the metaphor for it being during the AIDS crisis was the blood test. That was like, yes, yes, all that they had. So that yeah. made me think of being at work or well, I don't work there anymore, but it made me think of being at the clinic all the time and just the stress of it. Like there's that one guy who's like. You almost see it in his eyes where he's like, what if I am it? And I just don't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just like watching. And then he like looks relaxed too. Like, oh, thank God, it didn't go. Like, it's like, that's when you know, like, I felt like that's when like the insanity started hitting a lot because everyone's like, oh, God, the test. What a cool idea too. And I love when the blood's like. <laughs> oh, I know. It's like, you can hear yeah, it. Like, I know. Yeah. It makes you cringe <laughs> for some reason. It does um yeah they did a really good job at like getting the effect of the creatures like whole body being connected to like it's the blood freaking out and like everything it's like so you feel it's almost like the, it like makes the nerves in your body tingle when you're watching something crazy happen 
It does. Well, before I jump into this question, I was just curious if there are any other themes that kind of stuck out to you throughout the movie. Oh, yeah. So I was thinking about this um, last night, and I was thinking about how, yeah, I was trying to decide if there was, like, actual blatant racism in the film. How did you feel about that? Well, I kind of thought like one of the themes uh, of assimilation could also be the white supremacy in that, like it's so perfect. Yeah, totally. And I-, I do notice like when you try to tell someone like, oh, that, that joke wasn't funny or that was kind of racist, then there's a reaction of like, I am not a racist. Yeah, totally. People start getting like, crazy yeah like they'll explode yeah. on you and you're like well no, it was just that that one thing you said we need to talk about you know <laughs> yeah totally and that paranoia of it as well mm-hmm. like you kind of I think that about Clark like that was actually probably the perfect person for that you kind of can't tell like there's just that part where he's like I'll take it and he's like the hell you will and then you think he is like because he spent so much time with the dog like yeah. at the beginning you think he is totally an alien the whole time and you're like oh he's just he just hates everyone <laughs> he does look like every male stand-up comedian i've ever met yes a hundred percent um yeah no and i i also feel like it's just that same theme of like you die alone no matter what <laughs> like mm-hmm. and it's it's a hard pill to swallow, but it's so true too. Like it comes unexpectedly. It had to take it when no one else was around, which is interesting. Like you never fully see. Well, you do at the very end, but like for the first like four guys, I feel like you don't see it actually get them until it's already become like growing into them again or whatever it's doing. Yeah. Um, you see the dogs that and that was awful wasn't that awful it still makes me oh. so sad okay so like we know that the dogs probably weren't hurt in the making of the film but that was, that was probably some psychological trauma like yeah they had yeah. to rile them up yeah like i'm wondering what they must have done like that definitely looked like a fake dog once they put it in there the way it was oh, yeah. just, like sitting still it's so, i think it is so sad because they have real dogs in there for like the first few minutes of that scene and you're just like not get him it like when the one's yeah. getting sprayed with all the stuff it's like awful and the um, dog is biting through the wire fence that like, is so intense. real it's so yeah. human like it like kills you it and it's weird to me that i actually picked a movie where there's lots of animal trauma like that because i actually hate it but i when i'm being honest with myself it scares me <laughs> yeah it is scary themselves you know but yeah I think every single animal abuse moment in any horror film has like that has stayed with my brain for like eternity I'm like oh I don't remember that like I'm, I think about like antichrist I'm like I can't really recall much except for the fox eating its own body oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it, at the end of this movie you know Childs and uh, McCready are alone and carpenter has said one of them is the thing but he refuses to say which one it is 
Which one do you think it is? Oh, man. Well, I feel like it has to be Childs only because he went away for a while. But so did but. McCready. It's true. But didn't they burn it? And I feel like McCready was like the closest to it. But I mean, the only reason I was like child is it's weird with child is because he actually has dialogue that says that he is not like that. He remembers everything, too, which is weird. Like, I don't think the thing would have that mm -hmm. where it's like a lot easier to be defensive as like McCready is where he's like, let's share this scotch and just figure it out. But I didn't realize that he was one that one of them were one of them. Yeah. So here's where I'm torn because I feel like McCready's clothing coming back torn early in the film was a big indicator that something was up with him, right? Oh, that's true. You know, if we're going that far back, I'm thinking of like them getting got in the uh the big explosion, you know, because they all go down into the ship area or whatever. But and no, but that's that, true. The other thing that makes me think it's McCready is like the thing is all about its own survival, right? Like we saw yeah. when it, um, when it um, took over Blair, it used Blair's skills to build a spaceship to try and get itself to civilization. Yeah. And I, I kind of think it was using McCready's skills of like interpersonal relationship building to like try to build the team together. Yeah. Because then... in the end, he hands him the booze and, you know, they're not supposed to drink out of each other's stuff. And then he's like, yeah. let's just see what happens. And it's like, oh my God, is it McCready? Yeah. Which would be like such a Kurt Russell character. <laughs> <laughs> right? I thought so. But then there are other theories online that say um, that McCready was handing him what was actually a Molotov cocktail and wanted him to see if Childs would drink it to oh. prove he was the thing. And that's why he laughed. Oh my gosh. And John Carpenter saying, like, it is one. We just don't know which one it is. Like, yeah. Know. I love yeah. that directors have that much, so, so much self-control like that for horror films. I know. I'm like, tell me. I know. I'm like, Alex Garland, you better spell. <laughs> I know. But it's like, that's why they're so fun because you truly won't. I don't think you'll for sure know. Yeah. But here's the thing. So when did they test the blood? Was that before or after the clothes were ripped up? After. Okay. So yeah, that's like after all of that. It's so crazy. And I'm like, and it's also weird because Brimley's character's name again. Is that Blair? Yeah. <laughs> Wilford Brimley. <laughs> okay, Brad and I watched like the old SNL sketches of like John C. Riley pretending to be Wilf. <laughs> and he's like, diabetes. <laughs> And we were like, okay. I like remember watching it as a kid and I never put it like I was like, wait, who is that? And then, <laughs> um, but anyway, so um it is weird that he like goes out there, leaves him out there, and then somehow at some point Blair is one of them. And you never see it happen to him. So he just happens to be another one that's infected and we don't know when that happened, but it was when he was by himself. 
in the shed at some point. Yeah. And how about that part when he like puts his hand on his yeah, face and just it just becomes and then they walks away like this like conjoined body thing. It's so weird. <laughs> I know. I was watching. I was like, "Poor Gary." <laughs> I know. He, he seemed such a, like, yeah, he seemed fragile. <laughs> he seemed like everybody's dad, you know, like kind yeah, of. Yeah, like, he's just like, I know, and he ended up being okay up until the very end, which is so sad because a lot of people were like, "Fuck you!" the whole time. I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of them hated each other. Yeah. I love that windows and. Um, Palmer like ended up just taking each other kind of essentially at the end. Yeah. Maybe this is a metaphor for, uh, you know, you got to work with people you like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or it'll, or you make your work. Yeah. it'll never work with the ones you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was trying to tell my boss. And that's why I quit my job. Cause I was like, this won't work. <laughs> I will kill you all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. It's so true. I, yeah, it's, it's like a really crazy plot. It does, you know, I also read that it was kind of having this like Moby Dick inspiration. And oh. then when John Carpenter took over, he was like, no, but I still feel like there's a lot of that left in there. <laughs> like they're all taming this crazy beast. And then it gets down to like one to two people such a weird creature it makes me like ill when it turns into itself like its real self too which is interesting like I feel like that's some another metaphor <laughs> for like um when you're vulnerable this like fear of being your ugliest self or something or like the most toxic version but yeah. I I'm not a huge fan of body horror because it makes me so uncomfortable and that makes me think I should like it more interesting did you what so how do you feel about the thing do you like this film um I like I like the idea of it I like the idea of like cult-like behavior infiltrating a group and trying to navigate that yeah but then like the actual like I don't know how I felt about like the actual body horror scenes of it, you know, like the spider head and um like... yeah. It's so John Carpenter. I think that's yeah. why I also like it. Like it's very mm-hmm. in the mouth of madness, like just crazy weird body horror. <laughs> but you know, I'm always like I feel like it's so creative. I think the artist in me is what I like about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is definitely a wild ride. Yeah. Um, so normally I ask favorite parts, but I want to ask specifically favorite death scene. Okay, favorite death scene. I just fucking love when the guys, the doctors, doing CPR and copper. <laughs> it's so surprising the first time you see it. You don't expect the effects to be that good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like it actually does surprise you. <laughs> And he's just like, ah! and everyone's just freaking out again. That is such a scene. <laughs> yeah. But then also, I think my favorite death scene, and, and favorite's a weird word to use in this sentence, but no, I know, but it's like um, epic. Yeah, <laughs> was actually when they killed Bennett Benning, and um, you oh know, yeah, poor Gary one. is just like staring at it, like, what if that's 
what if that's really bending? Like, <laughs> what do we just do, you guys? That's so true. And then, but you then you look at him and he's like, yeah! oh yeah, he and looks like, like oh, a fetus hand, or something. The hand thing. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, those hands were unnerving. That was they were so me. unnerving. Hand horror can be really intense too. Oh yeah, just like body horror, all of it. It's all spooky do i love when palmer like is revealed though and he also is like <laughs> <laughs> it's like the funniest part i was like they had to have been laughing during some of those takes like um i mean they i feel like it was made to be kind of funny when like they're all tied to each other and he's the one and <laughs> yeah they're all just like ah! like <laughs> Like, get him away from me. Like a Three Stooges moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, besides death scenes, any other favorite parts of the thing? Okay, I also love... Um, well, I truly... I love all the scenes where the dog is acting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, this dog deserves an Oscar. <laughs> but I'm just like, the way that they film the dog that dog's really well trained and it it totally looks like it's looking out and like trying to take one of them and I just love that that's like the first creature of the whole film is like this cute dog um that's like one of my favorite parts and then I also uh I mean who doesn't love Kurt Russell being yeah well fuck you too and throwing a (laughs) salt off cocktail at a big creature uh, I think the blood scene. Yeah. Those are my three favorite parts. It's hard for me to pick one of anything. My yeah. ADHD, I feel like, won't let me. I'm like, ugh, 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 ugh. <laughs> like <laughs> Those were all great scenes. All excellent choices. I think, you know, I think my favorite scene was actually when we discover that Blair has built a spaceship in this weird little shed he's been trapped in. I was like, oh, oh yeah, Blair. <laughs> That really, is actually uh, hilarious. Industrious. That, you know, I didn't pay too much mind to that, but that is actually like insane that he's like he's just so smart that he's even ahead when he's mad. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Way to go, it Blair! It is like the most logical thing too. Wilford Brimley's got some hustle in him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I might have diabetes, but <laughs> I can build a spaceship in a hustle. <laughs> uh so what are your what are your final thoughts on the thing what should people take away from it um there should always be women in any dangerous situation (laughs) yeah we got to de-escalate the situation yeah i feel like something there would have been at least like a few survivors if there was a woman on that on that trip i agree although if we would have de-escalated the situation then maybe the thing would have made it to civilization. Oh man. I feel like we would have had like this like awesome team of like figuring it all out. And then there would be some like heroic bitches that would be like, we're just going to fuck. I have nothing to live for. I'm going to fucking take my (laughs) like life for this thing. And like, you guys move on. And then like, they're not even trying, but they do get the Nobel prize. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, oh my God, what? We were just trying to like not have to kill all of us. 
but it goes to the one who died because they're all very humble. Yeah. They want to honor their friend. Yes. I like, I like your, your summation a lot better. I was thinking I need to buy that hat. Oh yeah. <laughs> if there's anything. Also the whole like winter attire is like very cute and I want all their clothes. I also think I need to make it into a Halloween costume. I think Ooh. I can really get down with some paper mache and make something cool. Oh yeah. Which one? Like you, you could just get like the jacket. You could be the Bremlin one. Brennings? Brennings? I forget his name. Bennings, but you yeah. could get like an Eskimo jacket, the Eskimo style jacket and then just make like paper mache like hands and eyes or just go get a bunch of costume like things and like you could totally paint and glue them all together to look like the thing and you could make a costume for diego too well totally what i was thinking of like the spider legs and then just have all these wires coming out of him you'd probably take it off in like two seconds yeah but those Uh, two seconds would be so cute i know that's literally the whole thing you know what's funny i bought Brad loves to put his hats on Diego. He'll be like, he puts them on and he's like, look, look. And so I thought it would be really cute to buy Diego one of those dog hats. So I just for bread. <laughs> and so I go, look, babe, I brought the hat. But it doesn't fit his head perfectly. And he took it off in like two seconds. But <laughs> um, and then he like stomped his paw on the ground. I was like, Shh. I was like, okay. How are you? Do dogs do not like hats. That's another takeaway. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, Maybe well, put dogs again. in separate kennels. I don't know. What the hell? Oh, yeah, that too. Definitely <laughs> a great takeaway. So, Katie, where can people learn more about you and your comedy shows and the jewelry and art you create? I wanted oh, to buy a necklace you. the other day and someone bought it out from under me. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. <gasps> The flower one in glass. I really liked that. It was, wait, you'll have to send me a picture of which one you saw because I don't know which one someone bought. I feel like I have a lot of necklaces still, but I also, yeah, we'll have to look at some. Um, anyway, <laughs> you can get all that at katiebowman.rocks. And that's where like all my upcoming shows and my podcast is that Kristen was on. That was really great and um follow me on social media it's just katie bowman comic perfect and we'll have all those links in the episode as well thank you so much for doing bloody mary have a great day it was so much fun yay (laughs) 